Sunday morning. It is wonderful to have you here. And those of you who are worshiping online, good morning to you as well. And friends, the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us greet one another. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning and we ask, Lord, that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and bless us with your power as we worship you today. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. All right, kiddos, are we ready for a little field trip up towards the Advent candles? Okay, let's go.
Very nice. All right. So today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Since it's the fourth Sunday of Advent, that means what's almost here? Christmas! Christmas is almost here! Jesus' birth is almost here. Now, I'm going to give you a little recommendation. If you want to make sure that you're ready for Christmas and you want to make sure that you know the story really well, there's two things you can do. Number one, the Christmas pageant that many of you are in or will be in is going to go live this week. You're going to want to watch that, and that will tell you the story of Jesus. So that's one thing that you can do to make sure you're ready to understand the story of Jesus' birth. The other thing you can do is watch a movie that I know my kids have watched in the past and many of you have watched before, and that's called The Star. Has anybody ever seen the movie The Star? It's the one with the donkey, yes. That's another great movie to tell the story about Jesus' birth. So I recommend you can watch that too. But right now, we have to light our candles. So, so far, what candles have we lit? So far, tell me what the name of candles that we've lit so far. Tell me one. Hope, we've lit hope. Love, one other. That's for this week. What's the other one we've lit? Joy. Joy. We've lit hope, a or hope, and love and joy. And today we're going to light peace. Okay, so let's think about peace. Yes, you're going to go purple, purple, pink, purple. Zoe's getting ready. She's lighting the candles for us today. And so she's going to light them in just a second. But let's think about the peace candle. What does it mean to have peace? Any guesses? Yeah. To bring water to poor people who might be thirsty, sure. What does it mean to have peace? To not fight with people. To not fight with people, yes. What does it mean to have peace to you? Um, to me, it means to not fight with my little sister. Ooh, I think mom's going to love that one, to not fight with your little sister, yes. What else does peace mean to you? Um, like to stop wars and stuff. To stop wars, what else? Meditation. Sometimes when we feel really angry, too, meditation's really good. It helps us to ground ourselves in peace. So here's what we're going to think about as we light this fourth candle. Jesus comes, and he's called the Prince of Peace. peace. He's called the Prince of Peace, and we are called to be agents of peace. Now, have you ever seen, like, a movie with secret agents? Yeah? Well, it's kind of like that, but we're supposed to be God's agents, and we're supposed to be God's agents of peace, which means we are supposed to help create peace in this world, which means no fighting with our sisters, trying to make sure that everything is as good and as calm as it can be, making sure that we are helping for there to be peace on earth. So I want you guys to, this is really important because you're going to be agents here. I want you to think of yourselves as God's secret agents. And what are you agents for? You're agents for peace. Your agents for peace. Exactly. Okay, Zoe, are you ready? One candle for peace, one bright candle for peace. 
He brings peace to every heart. He comes, He comes. Light one candle for peace, one bright candle for peace. He brings peace to every heart. He comes, He comes. And let's pray together. Holy and loving God, help us all to be agents of your peace. Help us to spread your peace throughout all the world. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. And you can go off to Sunday school. Go, my children, with my blessing ever alone. Waking, sleeping, I am with you, you are my own. In my love's baptismal river, I have made you mine forever. Go, my children, with my blessing, you are my own. Amen. And now, if you have an announcement to make, you can come forward at this time. And I do have a few announcements that I need to make for you this morning. The first one comes from Sue House. And that is a huge thank you to everyone who helped out with all of the Christmas presents for the ARC. You should have seen, we ended up with like 12 big Santa bags worth of presents. So one, there were 12 kids. So one big Santa bag for each kid with both things that they need, but also things that they can play with, things that will bring them joy as well. So it was such a blessing. You should have seen how happy the people were to receive those gifts on behalf of the kids. I also want to thank everybody for bringing in the Tim Hortons and the McDonald's gift cards for Plymouth Crossroads. They asked for 20, and I thought, well, I could go buy 20 gift cards, or I could just put it out to the congregation. And you know what? We have so many more than 20 gift cards now to give to Plymouth Crossroads. And for those of you who don't know what Plymouth Crossroads is, it's a home for homeless teen boys, the the boys that maybe don't end up, you know, they kind of get kicked out of the system. Sometimes they, uh, they have families that are not safe for them. Other times they might get kicked out of the house, but it gives them a safe place, and it's wonderful. It's an amazing organization, and they are preparing to move back into a new house. You'll learn all about this, a little bit more about this in, uh, this, in the future. But all of those gift cards are going to go to those teens, so whenever they need to, they have an appointment, and maybe they need some little food, they, or they're waiting for a bus, they need to be able to go get warm while they're waiting for the bus, they'll be able to go to Tim Hortons and McDonald's. So thank you for that. And now we are a small group here this morning. I'm sure we've got folks worshiping with us online, but we're a small group. And yet this is a really important week. We are in the last week of Advent. And that means that this Friday, unbelievable, I feel like it creeps up on me every year, but this Friday is Christmas Eve. So many of you have been able to fill out the survey. I sent out a survey link. We just wanted to know, you know, who was planning on going to what service to give us a little gauge. Right now, if you're looking to go to the least attended service because you want to be a little bit safer with COVID stuff, right now it looks like more people will be going to five than will be going to the seven. So if you're looking for a lighter service, then it's probably going to be the seven o'clock service that you want to go to. You can worship with us one of three ways. Five o'clock worship service, 
7 o'clock worship service, or you can worship with us online in any way. It's Christmas Eve. I have no idea how anybody celebrates Christmas without going to worship on Christmas Eve. I don't get how it's possible, because the whole entire point of Christmas is what? The birth of Jesus. And so I have no idea how anybody could ever allow themselves to go through Christmas Eve without worshiping one way or the other. So make sure that you join with us and you tell everybody that you can either join with us in person or online. And I hope that everybody takes time to worship on Christmas Eve. And sorry, I have one last announcement. Actually, I kind of have two. First, I want to let you know, if your kids did not have a chance to participate in the nativity uh, recordings yet for the nativity pageant, but they want to when they're here today, stay after, and I will give them a spot as an angel or an animal. So if your kid didn't get recorded, don't worry, stay after, and we can make sure that they, we have a place for them. And then also, I all last thing I want you to know is that the Sunday after Christmas, Christmas is on Saturday, the Sunday after, we're having one service at 11 o'clock. Okay, instead of two services, we're going to have one service at 11 o'clock. And that, my friends, is it for all of your announcements. Let us join together for the Advent Litany. O oh, great God, we are gathered here, your people, seeking out your face and the peace that is found in your presence. Always in your presence and walk in your peace. When humanity opened the door to sin, we were plunged into darkness and despair. But you, loving God, have made peace with, with us and restored us to grace. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, into the world as a human to save and heal your children who are lost. The light of peace came into the world. We who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. prepare our hearts now and acknowledge that Christ's work on the cross was the beginning of your kingdom here on earth. Your kingdom is a peace, peaceable kingdom where lion and lamb may lie down together, where there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male or female. We are all one in the peace of Christ. May the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And may we carry the light of peace wherever we go. Amen.
Now, before we read from the Gospel of Luke, I do realize that I want to draw your attention to just two more things. The first is that our nativity pageant will go live on, uh, it is, I believe, Wednesday night. It's all in the back of your bulletin, the 22nd, so the, the evening of the 22nd at 5 p.m. The service will be on Facebook Live, and you can watch it there, share it with family and friends. It is going to be absolutely wonderful. And then on the 23rd at 7 p.m. online, together with our KDUCC, we again have a blue Christmas service. Have you never attended a blue christmas service it's kind of nice to have one online because a blue christmas service honors the the pain that we sometimes feel when we think about the loss of loved ones knowing that the holidays can be really difficult when we've lost a loved ones so you can join with us that's again online on the 23rd at 7 p.m and of course it will stay online as well 
And now, friends, we get to read from the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter. We will read verses 39 through 56. These are two, or this is one very important reading. We are first going to learn about Mary and Elizabeth, and then we are going to hear what's called the Magnificat. It is Mary's song of praise. So if you are ready to hear this amazing word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. All right, starting with verse 39. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud with the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Yeah. 
join as the drummer plays. Fall, fall on your knees, O oh man. Joy, joy to the world this day. Here, find ye the word join with me in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, as we turn towards you as we approach Christmas, another Christmas, we ask, Lord, that you help there be peace in our hearts. On this Sunday, as we light this candle of peace, Lord, help us to feel your peace. Help us to experience your peace. Help us to share your peace with the world. And bless us, Lord, bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds, so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So today we get to talk about two of the most important people in all of history. And you know I love it, because here's two of the most important people in all of history, and guess what they both are? Women, exactly. Sorry, I just can't help but be even a little bit more excited about that. So we have two of the most important women in all of history. We have Elizabeth, good name by the way. We have Elizabeth and Mary. Now first let's talk about Elizabeth. Now Elizabeth had been married for many years. She was married to a priest and yet she was unable to have children. And so she was deemed old in standards of that time for not having children, which means she was probably like my age. This is back then you know, for somebody who had been married for many years and not able to have children. She probably wasn't as old as Sarah in the Old Testament, who was also barren. She was probably about my age, and maybe she'd been married for many years, and yet she was unable to conceive. She was unable to have a child, and and she didn't think that she would ever have a child until one day, her husband, Zechariah, remember he was a priest, and he went into the sanctuary to go do all of his priestly duties and to go light incense and do all different things. And guess what Zechariah said? I saw standing right in front of him an angel. He saw an angel, and the angel told him that his wife was going to conceive, and his wife was going to have a child. And guess who that child would become? 
John the Baptist, that child would become John the Baptist. Of course, Zechariah didn't really believe the angel. He was like, whoa, how is this possible? So the angel actually sealed Zechariah's mouth until after the baby was born. And then the words that he spoke after the baby was born was, his name is John. And so Elizabeth, Elizabeth was older. She wasn't young like Mary. She was older, and she had been unable to conceive for many years until an angel of the Lord came and visited her husband and told him that Elizabeth would, in fact, have a child and that the child would be the greatest prophet of all of history. And then unlike Mary, or unlike Elizabeth, Mary was not old. She was young. Now, we don't know exactly how old Mary was, But we assume that Mary was probably a young teenager just based on the fact that she was engaged to be married. She was not yet married, but she was engaged to be married. And Mary, she was young, and she was innocent, and and she just had a pureness around her. And so Mary, she's our other extremely special woman. And Mary, about five or six months after Elizabeth conceived, Mary had her own vision She saw an angel herself. Now, isn't this just amazing? This is a story that we know, yet yet can you quite imagine how magnificent it must have been? Mary, who was just a girl, she wasn't a priest like Zechariah. She was just a girl. And then one day, an angel of the Lord appeared to her. And the angel of the Lord told Mary that she was chosen to be the mother of the Christ child, to be the mother of the Savior of this world. And Mary, she didn't, you know, disbelieve what the angel said, like, the priest Zechariah, but instead she did believe, and she took that upon herself, and she said yes to the Lord, and she chose to herself carry the Christ child as God had chosen her, and yet think about this. Mary, she was just a girl. Imagine how scared Mary must have been, even if she was willing to take this responsibility upon herself, even if she was pleased that God had chosen her. Just imagine how scared Mary must have been, and yet Here's the amazing thing. God thought this through because you know God cares about us. God cares about our feelings. God cares about our emotions. And I think that God thought this through because Mary and Elizabeth were actually related. We always call them relatives or cousins. Now that means they were maybe first cousins, maybe second cousins, maybe first cousins once removed, whatever it was, however we call it. Mary and Elizabeth were somehow related. Elizabeth was older, but Mary was younger. And then I just love how God took the care of Mary's emotions into consideration. When after the angel told Mary that she would conceive and that she would have the Christ child, he said, your cousin, Elizabeth, who's older, who's maybe not so, quite so scared, she's also pregnant. She's pregnant with with John, with the prophet. So Mary gets to go and, and she gets to be with Elizabeth. And these two women, they get to support one another. This is something we read through this every Christmas, every Advent. We read through this, but we don't consider the fact. Do you know how long Mary and Elizabeth spent together? 
three months. They were together from about Elizabeth's six month of pregnancy until about the end of her pregnancy. They were together for three months. They got to be there with each other. They got to support one another because God took both of their emotions into consideration when God chose these two women to be two of the most remarkable women in all of history. And these two women, they got to be together. They got to be in awe with one another. They got to support one another. Isn't that phenomenal? It's something that we so often don't consider that God had taken their feelings into consideration. So Mary and Elizabeth got to be together for three months. And at some point as they were together, as they were in awe with one another, as they were both amazed at how God had chosen them, Mary sang a song of praise. Mary sang what we call the Magnificat. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She then went on to talk about all that God had done and all that God would do, but she sings this song of praise as she is in the presence of her cousin, as she is in the presence of her relative who was chosen just like she was. So what I want us to think about on this fourth Sunday of Advent is I want us to think about the wisdom of Mary and Elizabeth. And I want us to think about what Mary said right here when Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And I want us to learn from Mary because Mary and Elizabeth, they are two of the most special people in all of history. So I want us to learn from them. How can our souls magnify the Lord? On this fourth Sunday of Advent, my question for us to consider is how can our souls magnify the Lord? Now let's think about what it means for something to be magnified. If I had an object right here in my hand, and if I had a magnifying glass so that I could magnify the object, the object itself wouldn't change, right? The object itself stays exactly the same, but the appearance from my side, from my point of view, the appearance of the object would get bigger. The appearance of the object would change from my perspective, even though the object stays the same. If I was to magnify something in my hand right now, then the way that the object appears to me would change even if the object itself stays the same. So what does it mean for us to magnify the Lord? If we want to learn from Mary, and I recommend we do, I mean she's a pretty darn special person, if we're going to learn from Mary and we want our souls to magnify the Lord, raise your hand if you want to learn how to magnify the Lord in your life. Yeah, okay, good. Hands up. We are ready. Some hands may be a little bit reluctant, others a little bit more eager, but we, I know I'm always so eager. I'm sorry that hyperactivity gets the best of me sometimes. But if we want to learn how to magnify the Lord, here's what I think we need to do. Now, let's think about it. No matter what, the Lord is always present in our lives. Always. God's everywhere. We don't always see God. But when we magnify the Lord, suddenly we start to perceive God in places that we didn't understand before. So if we magnify the Lord in our own lives, then we might see the ways that God is more active in our lives. If we start to kind of look like for God with a magnifying glass everywhere, then I will look at Lori and I will see all the ways that God is, is present in Lori's life. And then I'll look around and, and I'll even look around this broken world. And yes, this world 
world is broken. But if I use kind of like my God-shaped magnifying glass, I'll look around the world and I won't just see all the pain and all the damage, but I'll also see all the love and all the blessings and all of the ways that God is present in this world because God is present in this world. But here's what happens. So often we have free will and what we decide to do is we decide to take God and we decide to put God in a little box. Anybody confess that maybe they put God in a little box before at any point in time in their life? You can give me a little reluctant nod there if you have. Sometimes we take God and and we put God in a little box. And then a lot of times we kind of like neatly stick God up on a bookshelf. You know, it's like we tuck God away. Okay, God, you stay over there. I'm going to live my life. But God, I'm going to put you in this little box and I'm going to stick you over there. And I'm going to go live my life and I'll check in with you like, you know, maybe once or twice a year. That's what some people do when they put God in a box. You know, as I wonder... How does anybody celebrate Christmas without celebrating the birth of Christ? Like, it just genuinely blows my mind. I don't understand it at all. But people do that when they, they kind of put God in a little box, and then they, they put that little box up on a bookshelf, and then they go on living their lives however they want without feeling or experiencing God in any ways. But when we magnify the Lord... When we choose to magnify the Lord, what we do is is we basically say, okay, God, come out of this little box I put you in. (laughs) Come out of this box and let me look around at all the ways that you are present in this world. And when we do that, when we open up our hearts just a little bit more, when we change our perception of God, then suddenly we see the ways that God is working in our own lives. When we decide to magnify the Lord, we start to see all those small ways that are actually not insignificant at all. We start to see all of the ways when God is present in our lives. And and we look around the world and we start to see all these little blessings, all these little blessings disguise all these little things that happen where we realize oh wait god is present over there and god is present over there all we have to do is magnify the lord now i don't know have any has anybody here been watching hallmark christmas movies lately yep okay thank you i see some hands I'm glad to know I'm not the only person that has suddenly had a little obsession with Hallmark Christmas movies. I've decided to watch them. I don't know why. I think because the whole world can be a nasty place. Sometimes I just need to see happy movies, even if they're completely predictable, just because. And so I'm going to spoil every single Hallmark Christmas movie for you right now because I'm going to tell you how they all go. So if you haven't seen them yet... I apologize, I'm about to spoil every single one. So here's how every single Hallmark Christmas movie goes. At the beginning of the movie, there's a main character who, by the way, is usually a woman, so thumbs up to Hallmark. Uh, And so at the beginning of the movie, there's always a main character. And at the beginning, this main character, she's usually successful, everything tends to be good with her, but she kind of has like a, a slightly colder, more guarded heart. Maybe she's been hurt before, so she guards her heart a little bit more. And then she ends up meeting somebody, you know, some, some handsome yeah, man who's going to, you know, try to, to win her over to the side of love. And she's reluctant throughout the whole entire movie. This, I, I apologize, I'm ruining every single harm 
Hallmark movie. She's reluctant throughout the whole entire movie until literally, pay attention to this, the last five minutes. It doesn't change until the last five minutes of the movie. I actually started to pay attention like to the, the little strip at the bottom to show when the movie's over. In the last five minutes of the movie, suddenly her heart opens up and she decides that she's going to give love another chance and then she falls into the arms of her loved one and then they apparently live happily ever after. Am I correct? Is that how Hallmark movies go? So here's the thing. This is what I want us to understand. The main character doesn't change, but her perspective of love changes. She goes from kind of guarding her heart to at the end of the movie, she's willing to take a risk. And so the, the main character change, it stays the same, but her perspective changes. If we want to learn to figure out how to magnify the Lord in our lives, we kind of need to be like a Hallmark movie, but let's not wait until the last five minutes of our lives, okay? If we want to learn how to magnify the Lord, then what we need to do is we don't need to change. God made us exactly how we are or who we're supposed to be, so, so we don't need to change ourselves, but our perspective needs to change. We need to learn to, to be a little less, you know, uh, scared and to be a little bit more open to all the possibilities of God in our lives. And as our perspectives change, then suddenly we can see God at work in this world. I mean, think about it. Mary's soul magnified the Lord, and she was not afraid when an angel came to her and told her that she would carry the Christ child. Mary's soul magnified the Lord, and she knew to go to Elizabeth to, to seek comfort in the home of Elizabeth as she went through this, this scary time. Mary's soul magnified the Lord, and she wasn't afraid when she had to tell her betrothed, you know what, I'm pregnant, and the baby's not yours. The baby belongs to God, which she understood must have sounded a little bit crazy to her future husband. Mary magnified the Lord. Her soul magnified the Lord, and suddenly she wasn't afraid. She wasn't afraid at all, but she knew that she could trust in God. How can our souls magnify the Lord? It might not look the same for every single one of us. But maybe we've kind of stuck God in a box. <laughs> maybe we don't want God to truly change our lives, so we kind of tuck God away in a box and put God up on a shelf. We want to let the Lord magnify in our lives, then our perspectives need to change. We need to open up to the spiritual. We need to be willing to see the ways that, that God is present in our lives. We need to look at each other and recognize the ways that God is present in other, uh, the lives of other people as well. We need to look around the world and we need to see not just the bad, and I see that there's a lot of bad out there, but we need to see the way that God is working. So on this fourth Sunday of Advent, let's learn from Mary and let's let our souls magnify the Lord. I don't know what that will look like to each and every single one of us, but I think if we let our souls magnify the Lord, God will become more and more present in our lives. And let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you, Lord. On this day, we come to learn from Mary and Elizabeth. 
We come to learn from two remarkable, faithful women who got to give birth to the prophet and the Christ child. We come to learn from them. Lord, help us to magnify you in our lives. Help us to magnify you to see the ways that you are present. Help us, Lord, to magnify you just as Mary did. And we pray this all through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us worship God with our morning tithes and offerings. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy, mild God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. 
Go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth with the peace of Christ in your hearts. Go forth and magnify the Lord.